Hi, welcome to the Living Hope Young Adult Podcast Chosen. I'm your host, Abby Llewellyn. In this podcast, we break down what it means to be chosen by God, called to ministry, and to serve in our local church. These are stories of our leaders and pastors and how they were specifically chosen to ministry. This is Chosen. All right, today I am joined by Pastor Bill Wade on the podcast. Pastor Bill is the care pastor here at Living Hope. Um, We don't know each other super well, but there was a time at a college ministry meeting that you called me out for not keeping eye contact with you. So I'm going to try my best. I don't believe I did that. (laughs) I think you confused me with someone else. No, you absolutely did. So (laughs) I'm going to try my best today, and then you can let me know at the end how I did. You're okay. staring at me. You're making me really nervous. Abby. I'm sorry, but I want to do Too a good much job. Too much eye contact. I want to do a good job. Okay. 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 But before we start, I want you to tell this story. This story? About what happened this story? yesterday. Did What's this what happen happened? Yesterday? What happened? <laughs> oh That's what happens when you open up those things. And, yeah. Those kind of things happen. Mm. You're right. So tell a story about this happening in your office. Well, uh, people don't know this about me, but I'm... I can be a practical joker, and I try to make really good practical jokes that make people scared to come back against me. Okay. And so you can send these in the mail, and they come in the mail, and they look really official, and you open them up, and they throw things like this all over the place. That ben yeah. has to clean up now. Ben so actually, the joke's on Ben. Up. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so now I'm going to ask you some – wait, but you didn't tell what happened. Well, I had these contained in my office <laughs> to use at an appropriate time with an appropriate person – and unfortunately, one of them went off in a cabinet. Gotcha. And so they were little multicolored beads. And I come to my office yesterday morning, and uh, they're, like, just blowing across my desk like they're migrating somewhere. And it was kind of neat. And so, yeah, I thought somebody played a joke on me to start with, but then I realized that I actually played a joke on myself. Yeah. And so the bomb went off in my, my little closet area. And so, yeah. But you can see gotcha. what kind of mess these make. Look yeah, at that. Yeah, absolutely. Ugh, ugh. It's pretty bad. Yeah. Yeah, and then you came in here and tried to get me to open that. The second and, you sat down. And the effect is still the same. Ben has to clean up this mess, so yeah. it worked out really well. Okay, you're right. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to ask some get-to-know-you questions. Sure. If you could travel anywhere, where would you go? Anywhere? Anywhere. Wow, that's a good question. I don't, I don't know. I, I'd travel to my house. I like my home. Okay. I like, I like my time with my wife and my my dog and... Yeah, I like being at home. What's your dog's name? Preacher. I love that. Yeah. That's great. I just thought it was cool. Was like, preacher, quit peeing next door. Preacher, get over here. Preacher, <laughs> lay that down. Just, you know, just holler out preacher Yeah. a lot. And our For neighbors, sure. yeah, it was great when we first moved in. Yeah, okay. They thought actually there was a man that I was yelling at that lived with me called but Preacher. He was a dog. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's your favorite hobby? Uh, I'm a train guy. So okay. I do model trains, the large scale outside trains and then I'll ride trains and so I've done all the long Amtrak routes and I only got a few short ones and so at some point I'm gonna look at the map and I'm gonna be like Napoleon and go there's no more things to conquer here yeah so I'll move on to national parks we started that last week last year that's awesome yeah so we're gonna do all the national parks fun yeah have you ever had a nickname and what was it you can't say Okay. <laughs> Any yes, other I, ones? Yes, I've had a nickname. Can't say. Okay. Yeah. Uh, no. Okay. Because no, if you give me a nickname, I'm going to give you one worse. So it's not okay. worth it. Gotcha. Yeah. 
I won't do that. Um, if you could listen to only one album for the rest of your life, what would it be? Uh, John Prine's Greatest Hits. Okay. Mm-hmm. I don't think I know who that you is. You don't know John Prine? I don't. Oh, he just died last year. I'll yes, COVID up. got him, but yes, incredible. Yes. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I'll look him up. Yeah, look him up. Listen to some of his music. I think you'll uh, like him. Okay, <laughs> I will. What's one thing you'll never do again or that you'll never do? Well, I'll never cheat on my wife. Okay. So that's probably a really good thing. Yeah. Something I'll never do again. Uh, I don't know. I've done so many crazy things. Uh, I don't want to fly on an airplane to China again, so I may never do that again. That's a long, long way to go. I'm sure. It's a hard, it's a, yeah, for, especially if you're tall. Not very comfortable. Yeah. So I don't think I'll go to China again on the plane. Okay. Yeah, or, wait a minute, I'm sorry, Southeast Asia. Okay. I'm not supposed gotcha. to say China. Okay. So don't, don't if you're listening to that, I didn't say China. I said Southeast Asia. Yes. Yeah, because I've never been to China on a plane. Okay. Ever. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Sorry, sorry, Clay. <laughs> um, do you have any hidden talents? <laughs> no. <laughs> no? No? There's nothing. You're a prankster. Yeah, well, that's not hidden. People know that pretty well. I don't know. First of all, I don't have a lot of talents, and the ones I do have aren't hidden very well, so no. Oh, okay. I wish I did. I wish I could, like, play an instrument or something, but we tried that early on, and it didn't work. Yeah? Yeah. That part of my brain's dead, I think. What did you try to play? Uh, guitar and piano. Okay. Mm-hmm. It was a train wreck. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, so I played basketball instead. That works. Uh, kind of, sort of. Maybe that's a hidden talent. Uh, no, not anymore. It's, <laughs> okay. it's left me. <laughs> What's your favorite Bible verse? Oh, uh, wow. I don't. I really don't have one. I've been told that. I've been asked that so many times. Um, probably the one I'm using most in ministry right now is to be wise as a serpent and gentle as a dove. And I'm trying to live by that, and I'm trying to teach the guys that I'm responsible for and mentoring uh, to be wise in what you do and be gentle in how you do it. So, yeah, yeah so I'm That's using a that one. a good bit these days. Okay. I'm very interested to hear your answer on this one. Uh, on a scale of 1 to 10, how funny would you say you are? <laughs> well, uh, that depends on the day. Some days I'm not very funny at all. Some days I'm really serious about things. Most people would think that uh, I'm very laissez-faire, and I come across that way and very lackadaisical in my approach to things. For the most most part, I am, but I'm very passionate about ministry, and I'm very serious about ministry. The rest of the stuff, and you're going to ask the question later on, I think, the rest of the stuff just doesn't matter a whole lot. Yeah. It really doesn't. So I say, I'm, I say for the most part I'm pretty funny. I'm always looking, and when I say this, Abby, I don't mean like in a crude sort of way, but I'm, I just see things funny in an inappropriate kind of way. Yeah. Not in a sexual context or anything like that. I <laughs> yeah. just look at things and I think that's really kind of funny. And yeah. some people don't see it that way. So, yeah. 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 That's good. Yeah. So I think I'm, I think there's a also a joy about me that's not even just humor. I just, I just enjoy whatever, where I'm at in life now and what I'm doing in life. And yeah. 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 So maybe joy and happiness and being a prankster and all kind of running along. In the same line. I don't yeah. know. It's a good question. It is a good one. All right. Um, how many pairs of shoes do you own? <laughs> that would be. I'm, that sounds so sexist as a like a, a girl guy question. That's a, <laughs> yeah. Like that would be something you'd ask a woman. 
Like how many I pair have. of shoes? Like you have, you have. Yeah. Okay. So I've got three pair of shoes like this, different colors. Okay. For different outfits. Yeah. And then I got a pair of black shoes for funerals and a pair of brown shoes for funerals. So that'd be probably five pair and then some tennis shoes. Okay. And then I've got this is this is no lie. I'm not being funny. I've got a special pair of shoes that I work with when I'm being a volunteer chaplain. Okay. That I have to put on for that. It's called a class two gotcha. A uniform or something. Oh. So yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. So some pair. Yeah. Yeah, I think Six that's right. Close seven. More or less, yeah. Yeah. Okay. What would you sing at karaoke night? <laughs> oh. Maybe still crazy after all these years. That's kind of maybe a life song verse. I don't know. Yes, maybe not a life verse, but a life song verse. Yeah. So still crazy after all these years because there's part of that that's true. Okay. If you could give a piece of advice to your younger self, what would it be? Invest in eBay. Yes. Invest in Microsoft. Get to know Bill Gates. Be his personal friend. Okay. Maybe win him to the Lord early. I don't know. Yeah. 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 And then then have a lot of money that you can invest in ministry. Okay. Yeah. It's a good one. Mm-hmm. All right. So I really want to talk to you today about purpose and mm-hmm. what being chosen by God really means. Mm-hmm. Um, but I first want to know about how you came to know Christ. So mm-hmm. what was your life before Christ and how did you come to know him? Uh, my parents were drive-by Christians, so they would drive by the church and drop my sister and I off, and they would go home. And so... Uh, uh, yeah, early on in life, I did Sunday school, and if my parents weren't there after Sunday school to pick us up, we stayed for church, my sister and I. And then later on, a, another sister came, but that was that was a different happen in their life too. And so, yeah, I learned about Christ and about church and about people that cared about me outside my parents from Sunday school at McLaurin Heights Baptist Church outside of Jackson, Mississippi. And I had a friend of mine that got baptized, and I didn't know what all that was about. And so I started asking questions, and the next thing I know, I'm in the pastor's office and talking to J.C. Renfro, who very carefully and artfully and spiritually shared with me what it meant to be a believer. And so after that meeting, that's what the Holy Spirit used. It used a friend's baptism and a meeting with a pastor to explain those things. The, the foundation had already been set through Sunday school and people that loved me, and I knew Bible verses, and I knew stories, Bible stories. And so, yeah, I came to a point that realized that uh, I was an 11-year-old kid that was a sinner. I did bad things, not, not horrible things, but I sinned. I was disobedient to my parents, and I snuck around and did things. And so I was a sinner, and I needed Jesus Christ. And, yeah, so what had been explained to me and what I understood foundationally about who Jesus Christ was, I, I accepted. I knew that I needed him uh, to repent and to intercede for me before for God and that his blood covered my sin. I, I completely understood all that. So it was a very, uh, I don't know, Abby, rational, uh, educated, very natural decision for me. And so, yeah. And then, of course, I followed him in believer's baptism. Uh, I'll always remember that because in the changing room, my mom forgot to pack extra underwear. Oh, no. And so the pants that we had were dress pants that were very itchy. So I'll always remember my baptism with yeah. quite quite fondness yeah. as an 11-year-old. And so, you know, <laughs> sure. moving forward, I've always been mischievous. I'm still mischievous. But, yeah, there was always this moral compass in my, my teen years, even though I was – 
I was yo-yoing back and forth with some things in my life, some things that I'm not real proud of, but never lost sight of who Christ was. And he was always close to me, even when I wasn't close to him. So, yeah, that was kind of my conversion experience in teenage years of, of trying to figure out who I was going to be as a man, mm-hmm. but also as, as a believer and a follower. Gotcha. So, yeah. That's awesome. So I know that you're a counselor, but mm-hmm. you're also a pastor. Mm-hmm. So why don't you tell me a little bit about what you do here at Living Hope? Wow, just a little bit. This is only as much supposed as you to be, want. This is yeah. only supposed to be like 30 minutes. As much yeah, as so you want. Yeah, so we could go all afternoon. So I came originally 10 years ago as the shepherding pastor, primarily with uh, care ministry and senior adults. And that's the vibe. I'm part of the executive lead team with Pastor Jason and Pastor David. Um, I'm responsible for all the care ministry of the church. I'm still responsible for senior adult ministries. Now I supervise the next gen. Uh, so in a sense, I supervise ministry from cradle to grave, uh, except for adults. David Head still is responsible for adult ministry. And so it's, uh, it's that. It's, we started the counseling center several years ago. That came out of a counseling ministry that we started. I always, I've always done counseling. I did that early on. I thought I'd do doctor work there, but I, I didn't. Uh, so, yeah, it's, I, I view counseling, Abby, as evangelism and discipleship. I'm a biblical counselor. I believe that God wrote the book about humanity. And so uh, once people have problems, whether believers or non-believers, the, the book's been written, the manual's been written on how we should live. And so uh, I look at counseling as an opportunity to evangelize someone if they're not a believer. I look at counseling as an opportunity to disciple someone if they're marginal in their belief or even if they're mature believers, just to con- continue to help them through God's Word to process the events of life, circumstances, and situations, and uh, to grow in that. So it's it's a very natural part of being a pastor to me, a mm-hmm. uh, very natural part of my calling, and uh, it's just it's been excited to see what God does in that. Yeah. All right. How did you get started in counseling? Uh, my last year of seminary, my mom had a brain tumor, and so being a being a seminary student and having dedicated my life to the Lord, uh, I thought that because of who I was, he would spare my mom. And a lot of people praying, probably thousands of people praying for my mom. Mm-hmm. And she died at 46 years old. I'm about two months from graduating from seminary and uh, extremely angry at the Lord at this point and really really going to move away from him. Just I'm, I'm, I'm angry and I'm just gonna, I don't need you. And he did some things supernatural in my life that we don't have time to talk about today. Maybe we'll follow up with another podcast. Yes. <laughs> but uh, that just was a spiritual marker for me in my life. And after that, um, being, in, being at New Orleans Seminary uh, and having done counseling classes, Dr. Watson, who was the counseling professor there, did just some, some phenomenal things as far as ministering to me through God's Word and through his friendship. And, and he probably doesn't even know to this day. He's passed away since then, but doesn't know to this day what he did for me. And so I wanted to replicate that. I wanted to replicate that with other people. My first church out of seminary, I was a minister of education and students and uh, no responsibilities of, of counseling at all. It just kind of happened. Uh, and it developed. And so it always, everywhere I've been, no matter what my job description has been, this counseling thing seems to have developed. And so when I came here, I wasn't planning on doing any counseling. And again, it just developed and developed. And then we added counselors and we did certification and we have a counseling center. 
and God's just really, really blessed that with a lot of good people in counseling here, a lot of good people, and a center. So, yeah, it's just been a natural part of who I am. Awesome. Uh, What fears did you face when going into this career? I I don't know if I faced fears. I don't know if that's a good word. Uh, I I ran from him for about nine months. When I felt called to ministry, I didn't feel equipped, first of all. I knew me in my heart, and I thought I wasn't worthy. I knew I wasn't going to be a minister of worship because I couldn't play any instruments and I couldn't sing and I couldn't read music, so that was out. I didn't feel like I knew Scripture well enough or had the confidence to preach, and so I didn't know what he was going to do with me. So I ran. I ran pretty fast and pretty hard, and I was absolutely miserable to a point that I got so miserable that in frustration I just said, okay, if this is what you want from me, you've got to give me peace. And, Abby, we talked about supernatural peace yesterday in the preaching. Mm-hmm. Supernatural peace, can't explain it. I had complete peace. And I go, okay, well, I know now. Another confirmation is I dated my wife about three years to this point. She wasn't my wife. She was my girlfriend. And I thought, wow, I'm going to make a call to her. We lived about 30 miles apart, didn't have cell phones back then, and we were at break from school. And I thought, I'm going to call her. And this is going to be it, because who wants to marry a minister? I mean, really. And I never talked about being a minister at all. She knew I was a good guy, spiritual guy, but nowhere in our conversations we talked about that. Mm-hmm. So I call Diane up, and I tell her that I'm I'm being called to ministry, and I'm going to talk to our pastor. And anyway, uh, she starts crying, and I thought, yep, here we go. This is the end. This is all. She's going to tell me that's not what I want to do, and she begins to tell me that for a long time in her life, she knew that she was supposed to marry a minister. And we'd been in a relationship for three years, and she did not know what to do because I had never talked about it. Yeah. I'd wake up in a new vocation every day. And so it was just another confirmation. Mm-hmm. Uh, just And so, yeah. yeah. So we've been married, better get this right, 42 years, 41 years next month. And it's it's been absolutely phenomenal. I yeah. would, I would hope and pray, and that's one reason why I love counseling. I want, I want other people to experience the joy I've experienced in my relationship with my wife and my kids. Not a perfect guy, but I've got a pretty perfect family. Mm-hmm. So, in spite of me, they've done well. But it's yeah. just, it's been a joy. Yep. That's awesome. What has been the most rewarding part of your job here at Living Hope? When people get it, and I'm talking about when people get the fact that they need Jesus Christ as their personal savior and accept Him. And when people get that their sin is keeping them from being all they need to be in Christ, and when they get that they can have a wonderful relationship with their children or their children can have a wonderful relationship with their parents or spouses can have wonderful relationships when they put Christ right. When you see that happen and you see the supernatural work in the spirit in people's lives, it's glorious. Absolutely. Yeah. How do you think God has specifically chosen you? I, you know, I don't put a lot of stock in myself. So, Abby, I, I'm going to answer that question by saying I think he, he uses me because I'm, I'm willing. I think he uses me because I'm obedient. But, you know, one day Bill Wade's going to die, and life goes on, mystery goes yeah. on, and it's okay. So specifically choose me, I think he just uses me because he loves me and cares for me, and I'm, I'm willing and available. Yeah. I think he wants to do that with all of us, but we don't give him the time. For sure. So my next question is, do you think everyone is chosen by God? 
Yeah, you're going to get in theology with me, and so I'm going to give you the answer that I give Pastor Jason and Pastor David okay. when they talk about those things, because I love to hear them talk when we're meeting, and uh, they, they're they incredibly intelligent men, and I'm just a kind of a tag-along when it comes to that. But, you know, yeah, I think maybe sometimes he chooses, sometimes he doesn't. I think sometimes we had the freedom to, to follow him. I just I've looked at theology and that whole process and I see both sides and I guess I've come to the answer that I'm not going to try to answer for God. Yeah. Because I don't know if he chooses or not. I think scripture indicates that, but mm-hmm. I also think there's times that people come to him. And so I think scripture backs that up too. So you may say I'm waffling and sitting on the fence. Uh, but no, not at all. I just think God's God, and theology tries to answer questions that we may not know ever, even mm-hmm. in heaven, about the nature and the majesty of God. And for me to be able to explain him and how he does things doesn't make him God anymore. Yeah. So I know his ways are different than mine, and his, his ways of thinking and acting are way beyond our ability. And so I'm just going to leave it at that. If he chooses chooses people, he chooses people. If people yeah. have the opportunity to come to him, they come to him. If there's something completely different than that, he's God. Mm-hmm. I think I think the only the only real truth there is that you have to come through Jesus Christ. Yeah, you can't circumvent that at all. For sure. So when God chooses us for good, there are four things. Mm-hmm. Does he only choose us for good things, or does he choose us to? Goes through hard things as oh, well. Abby, you know the Old Testament, <laughs> and you know the you. New Testament. You know that he I uses know. bad kings and bad people to do his will, and you know he uses good people and good things to do his will, and all those things in between. Yeah. To to bring his nation Israel to a place of of honoring him and, and glorifying him and worshiping him and 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 following up with the covenant they made with him, but also for me and you. Yeah. So he uses good things in our life to bring us joy and 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 to test us, and he uses bad things to, to see if we're going to be faithful to him and if we mm-hmm. really believe what we say about him and if we're really going to follow him in the valleys and the peaks. So, yeah, good things, bad things, all those things. They all work to his glory Absolutely. if we allow him to in our life, and mm-hmm. sometimes we don't. Yeah. What are some biblical examples of people who have been chosen to walk through good and difficult things? Well, first person that comes to mind is, of course, Jesus. Mm-hmm. He walked through some pretty bad things. That's a, that's the primary example. David did some pretty horrible things, and he was still a man after God's own heart. Uh, yeah, wow. Just it's the list. I mean, name of Moses. I mean, all the all the people. Ruth. I mean, there's all kinds of people. Yeah. In fact, almost everyone in Scripture. I don't know if anybody except maybe Enoch, maybe Enoch, maybe Enoch, because it said he walked with God, and then one day he walked no more. So. He just went on into heaven with, with God in the very presence of him. So mm-hmm. he's kind of the only guy I know of that didn't go through some tough times, at least that we know of. But yeah. everybody else did, beginning with Adam and Eve. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, we studied Job in our Bible study this last Good year. Good old Job. Who just lost everything that remained faithful to God. Mm-hmm. So, But has some friends that were, if you look at their their guidance, they were giving him some pretty good information. It just wasn't the right stuff. Yeah. It wasn't what God wanted. So that's why I don't try mm-hmm. to answer for what God's doing to people's lives. Yeah. For sure. Sounds good. All right. When God allows us to go through difficult times, it can be hard for us to see his plan. So how can we remember that he is using us even in hard times? Well, a couple (laughs) of things. First of all, God's promises in Scripture. So if we know God's word, we can rely on Scripture because it has promises that he's never going to leave us or forsake us. 
He wants what's good and not what's bad. Uh, the fact that you and I, because we're believers, have the Holy Spirit that dwells within us. It says our body becomes a dwelling place and temple of the Holy Spirit. So we have the, this supernatural way that God's there with us. And also, I mean, you believe he's everywhere, right? Mm-hmm. So God's never not around us. So we have this this wonderful thing of God being inside of us and doing something supernatural there. The fact that he's, he's with us now, so we're never alone. And also the promise of his word. And then people that come alongside of us and encourage us and and act as God's instruments for for helping us through those things. So, yeah. Perfect. Um, I lost my spot here. Okay, so just like Job, um, one part in Job that kind of reminds me of what this next question is is when he loses everything and then he shaves his head, Mm -hmm. tears his robe, which were signs of grief, like very morning. intense mm-hmm. right. mourning and grief, but then he falls to the ground and worships. Mm-hmm. So how can we glorify God even in our suffering? Well, it depends on how you respond to your suffering. If you curse God and want to die like his wife said, why don't you just yeah. curse God and die? Mm-hmm. You know, you're not working well through your suffering. If you become bitter, which I shared with you about my mom, I became very angry and bitter toward God. You know, if if you don't look at a purpose in it, why, why am I suffering right now? What is God trying to teach me in this? And so it, always, we talked yesterday in the sermon about if, if we're in fellowship with him, if we're in an intimate conversation with him through prayer, and, and so we have this relationship with him, we can ask him. He's there. What, Lord, what do you want me to learn through this? Instead of focusing on ourselves, which we typically do, look at what's happened to me, look at what's happened to me, look at what's happened to me. God, what, what do you want out of this? Why am I going through this? How can I... How can I, in this suffering, glorify and honor you? Mm-hmm. Just had a conversation with a guy. He, he may enter politics, and one of his fears is that his opponent may say bad things about him. And I said, okay. And so you'll respond either by attacking her, attacking him, attacking them, or you'll respond by going, it's really not about this. It's, it's really about these issues. And so you glorify God in it. You glorify God in this you have an opportunity. Well, why doesn't he attack them? Why doesn't he do this like we see in our political climate? And he goes, you know, yeah, that's a good point. It's a good point to just whatever I do and however I do it to glorify God in it. So that's in everything, in our suffering, when people attack us, uh, when we have issues, physical issues, emotional, financial setback. God, we're this may be a consequence of something I did or didn't do, but it may just be a job that there's a thing that God wants to learn and he wants to grow in. And so we have to turn to him, have to turn to Scripture, ask people that we trust that are spiritual brothers and sisters that are wiser and more mature. Why do you think this is happening? It may be like Job's friends. They may not have the right answers. But, again, it's how do I glorify and honor God? Because at the end of the day, Abby, that's why you and I are here. He created us to be in fellowship with him. And when we're not in that fellowship with him, then he's going to do things, both good things and bad things, to bring us back in that fellowship. And so if I'm not glorifying and honoring him, he's going to get my attention. One way or the other. Yeah. So, yeah. What would you say to young adults or college students who are looking for their purpose? I can tell them what their purpose is. Do you think they want to know? Possibly. Do you, do you really think they want to know? I think they want to know. Because it's a, it's a, it's a really easy answer, and they're not going to like it. Okay. They're just not. You're not going to like it. I probably won't. I'm not sure I like it all the time. But in everything that we do, everything that we do, we, we glorify and honor God with it. Yeah. I mean, That's a great answer. Well, I mean, so you choose a vocation. Do I want to choose this vocation so I can make a lot of money 
and I can have this nice house, and I can have whatever the American dream is. I call it the American scream now, but anyway, uh, do I do I want to have this nice marriage because she's a pretty woman, or he's a handsome guy, and we make a good couple? You know, what's our what's our motivation in it? And so, if the purpose behind the decisions you're making aren't ultimately going to glorify and honor God, I want to make a lot of money. You know why I want to make a lot of money? So that I can invest in ministry. I can invest in this kingdom. I can help people go on mission trips or help establish churches or send missionaries or whatever. I, I'll find a certain level of of living that I, I love, and the rest is going to go into missions. You know, I'm going to marry that girl that or that guy because they complete me. They're, they're spiritual people, and they, they complete me, and they help me become a better spiritual person. So that's why I date the person I do, not because she or he is handsome or looks looks pretty, because there's a beauty inside of them. And so whatever you do, you do for the purpose of glorifying and honoring God with it. And it's an easy question. It's hard to do because we're so polluted by the world and what the world thinks and what even our Christian friends think. But at the end of the day, I start the morning, and I've done this for quite some time. I start the morning in my devotional time, God, help me to glorify and honor you in everything I do today. And I'm in, again, as I shared yesterday, I'm in constant prayer with him. It's dishonoring and glorifying you, and I don't like the answer sometimes, and sometimes I have to ask for forgiveness. Sometimes I have to go and ask people to forgive me for what I did or didn't do. But at the end of the day, I try to answer the same question. God, did I glorify and honor you in all that, that I did today? Which means sometimes I have to ask for forgiveness, and sometimes I have to go back the next morning or send an email and say, hey, I'm sorry, I need to apologize for this and allow God to be glorified in that. Sounds good. It's an easy answer, but it's hard to work. It is, yeah. Yep. I think at my age, the college kids' age, they immediately want to know what to do with their lives, you yeah, know, what I'm to go into. I'm 63 years old, and I still don't know what I, there's maybe oh, yeah. something else he wants to do with me. Right. And that would be the next great adventure. Yeah. You know, I think it's going to be death, but it may be something else before then. Yeah. Hmm, okay. <laughs> All right. Um, how can we tell the difference between what we want and what God wants for us? Oh, we can always tell the difference. We we know when we're being selfish, and we know when we're yeah. we do. We, again, we got the Holy Spirit in us, and it prompts us. And anytime we have to second or third guess something, typically it's because we're trying to justify, rationalize it in our head, and we know that's not what's best. We just listen. I know every time I do something selfish, I know when I make a decision that I shouldn't do, mm-hmm. and I. Believe it or not, I still do that, yeah. you know. And so I, I think that it's really easy to uh, – I think it's really easy. I think, I think again, the Holy Spirit prompts us. Scripture tells us there's a conviction there that I just want to do this because I want to do this. We know that in our heart of hearts, and we, again, justify or rationalize it. And, yeah, it usually doesn't turn out real well. So – yeah, that's, that's again, I know this is a simple answer, but they're, they're just simple answers to this. We try to complicate yeah. it, but it's really not complicated. Yeah. It's really not at all. I agree with you. How can we remind ourselves and others that we are chosen by God? Well, you wake up and look in the, morning, in the mirror in the morning and thank Him for another day, yeah. even as a young person. And regardless of your life situation and circumstance, He gives you breath. He gives you a heartbeat for one more day to do the things that will bring Him glory and honor. And so I think you remind yourself that, and we take it for granted, of what Christ did for us on the cross, the sacrifice that he made in order that we can be reconciled to God and we can have this incredible relationship with each other, other believers, and with God. And so this, I think we just we forget that. We forget the, the mystery and the beauty and the wonder and the majesty of what God did through his son Jesus Christ. I think we forget the sacrifice that Christ made, and I think we need to remind ourselves that. 
And I don't think we do a good job of that as brothers and sisters in Christ, of talking about our salvation, being excited about what God's doing in our life. And when's the last time you talk, sat down with somebody and go, let me just tell you what God's doing in my life? We don't do Too that as, as part of a natural conversation, and I think we should. Mm-hmm. Now, guess what God did with me yesterday? You know, and I'm not talking about it. He, he let me go by and, and, and by name him in Blizzard. Not those kind of things, but what he did spiritually and what he did emotionally and what he did physically. You know, I'm 30, I'm 36. Well, I inverted that. I wish I, no, I don't, I don't want to be 36 again. I like where I'm at. 63 years old. And, uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm pretty excited about what God's done and what he's doing and what I think he will do in my life. And I think I remind myself of that each day, and I think we should. And we should remind one another. I'm really fortunate, Abby. Of course, you know this. I'm, I'm around a lot, a lot of young guys, and they are excited about who God is or passionate about who God is. Uh, they've got a lot of energy. And so that helps me too. That helps me remember that, yeah, these guys are passionate. And, and so, yeah, I think, I think it's that iron sharpening iron. It's that brothers and sisters in Christ, the fellowship of believers. And, and, and again, just, just to be reminded in Scripture, in our personal prayer time, and in our conversation, what he's done, what he's doing, and what he will do. All right. I have one more question for you. Yes. I know you're excited about this one. I am too. This is the one I've looked forward to the most. Yes, I can't wait. (laughs) So I remember in college ministry sometime this last year, you taught that night and you said that you aren't anxious about anything. Yes. And so I would love to know what that's like and how you get to that point. So, So the only thing I'm really anxious about, a couple of years ago I had this thing that was really weird. And it was called global transamnesia. And I lost like 18 hours of a day. Don't remember it. Now I've remembered parts of it, okay, and they don't know what caused it other than I'm just crazy. But anyway, so working with older people and working with people that have uh, mental disabilities as they get older, dementia and early onset Alzheimer's and those kind of things, I've seen the horror of that. And so to say I'm not anxious about anything, I would be anxious about that because Mm – as crazy as I am, I like being able to interact, and I like, I, and I see what happens to the caregiver in, in the families that these things happen to. So I, I don't want that to happen. So I've got a pillow policy. I've got if I get that, I've got people that are lined up. They'll get so much money out of my insurance if they just help me go into heaven. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm not anxious about anything else. I'm not anxious about my death. I'm not anxious about people that I love dying because my little granddaughter accepted Christ last week, and so. We're all going to heaven, and we're all going to be a family there. Most of my mm-hmm. friends that I know uh, are believers, and so I'm not anxious about that. I'm not anxious about the future. I, don't, I, I, I do care what happens in this country biblically and spiritually, but I'm not anxious about it because, again, I believe that, that God's not asleep, and he's not unaware that he's active and alive, and he's working in this nation and in this world. And so— I'm not anxious about it because I know that he hasn't forgotten about us, nor will he forget with us about us. And so I have a confidence in him. I have a trust in him. And if I say I believe what I believe about Scripture, not as a minister, but as a, as a, as a believer, if I say I believe what I believe, why would I be anxious? Yeah. Unless there's some biological issue causing that. And there, mm-hmm. there are those that happen, and I, I believe that. But for me, I'm just I – don't, I don't fear what man can do. Mm-hmm. I'm not anxious about my future. Because I, I trust God for it. Yeah. Here, here's the thing, and, I, and of course you know the scripture. You know the, the birds are there. They don't they don't worry about things. Why should we be anxious at all? And this is do, don't be anxious because God's given you all these blessings. And and so 
I've watched people die, and I've watched people die in peace because they know that, hey, this is just a transition to what beautiful promises wait me. And I watched people that didn't have that assurance, and I watched how, how horrible that death is and how panicked they are in that. And, uh, yeah, I, I just I have this incredible peace that God's going to take care of me on this side of earth and on the, on the other side. Awesome. Just just based on the promises. So mm-hmm. yeah, only thing I'm anxious about is losing my mind. But I've got a I've got a policy for that. I've got things yeah. people take care of me for that. Right. Yeah. So not I'm probably not really anxious about that. This last year was the first election that I was able to vote in, and I feel like the world needs to hear what you just said about finding peace in God and not being anxious about anything. Because Here, here's here's the thing, Abby, and you know people got all upset about a lot of things. The, the first of the year in, in November, and we've been in a crazy kind of world. God didn't just wake up and go, how did that happen? Yeah. He just didn't go, wait, I turned my back for a minute and look at what they've done. He, mm-hmm. he knew. He knows. He has foreknowledge. And so I've got I've to trust him that whatever's happening in this world, he's aware or well of it, and my responsibility is to what? To see where he's working and join him in that work and glorify and honor him. Mm-hmm. And I don't worry about the rest. I yeah. don't. And probably in this culture, if it continues to go where it's going, we're going to have this great opportunity to really be light in a dark place instead of just kind of being light in a shadowy place or twilight or sunset. We're going to have to be, we're going to be a really bright light in a dark place if it continues to go like it's going. And again, I'm not a negative person. I just see trends. Yeah. Yep. This, this world's broken, as we say at Living Hope a lot. Yes. It's not as it should be. Mm-hmm. For sure. All right, I have a verse to share. It's Psalm thirty-three, eleven. It says, "But the plans of the Lord stand firm forever; the purposes of His heart through all generations." Thank you. Pastor all generations. Bill. Yeah. Not just one or two. Not just one like or two. Your generation to come, and the one after that, if the Lord tarries. Yeah. Wow. Do you believe that? I believe it. Amen, girl. I Me really too. Do. Let's celebrate. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> Poor Ben. Poor Ben. Ben. I hope you do a good job of cleaning this up for he the will. people that come in after us. He will, for sure. Thank you, Pastor Bill, Thank for you, Abby. joining me. It's been a pleasure to hear your story and get to know you better. Yeah, same here. And I hope that God does wonderful things in your life thank and has you so a much. wonderful, wonderful plan for you. I know he does. All right. And thank you, everybody, for listening. Yes. And we have T-shirts available, Bill Wade Ministries. Just contact me. All right. There you go. <laughs>